we see this. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with who? Barnabas. And I also took Titus with me. And here comes the part that I want to reveal to you. Because if we go through Galatians, we explained already, better yet, uh, Brother Isaac spoke to us, and as he was mentioning to us on Galatians chapter 1, that when he's speaking to the Galatians, he's not speaking to one church. He is speaking to the region of Galatia. And it had various churches there. That's like I'm in chapter 1. If you and I go back to chapter 1, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of where? Galatia. So Galatia was a region that had many churches. And we're going to go from there. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Now I want you, I want you to understand one thing. That when Paul is speaking in chapter number one, he gives us a foundation. We will say the foundation. He gives us the foundation of what he is trying to communicate to the church of Galatia. And its interpretation is to help us in 2019 of how we ought to be as a church. Because the mistakes of others are for our learning not to make the same mistakes. Amen? Sometimes we want to just take someone else's mistake to criticize that person. But in essence, what we have to do is, when we see a mistake from someone else and we know it's a mistake, we ought to take it as a foundation for us not to commit the same mistake that the other person committed. It is for our learning and edification. All right. Are you with me still? You just follow me. I know where I'm going. All right. So now he's, he's telling them that there is something within him that has caused them, caused him to be uncomfortable with a foundation that, or what, what, or with what they have done with a foundation that they have received. Why do you say that? Because this letter to the Galatians, in some way, is a rebuke. It's a rebuke to the churches in Galatia. Why do you say that, Brother Prado? Because if we go to chapter 1 and verse 3, you will see this. Chapter 1 and verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Who what? Who gave himself for our sins that mm -hmm. he might deliver us from this present evil age mm -hmm. according to the will of our God and Father. To whom? 
To whom be glory forever and ever. Now, he's giving them the privilege that they have to know Jesus Christ. He's giving them to know, hey, I've given you this. I've written to you to let you understand the great privilege. But the reason that I'm writing to you is because there's a concern in me. So what's the concern? Verse number six. I marvel that you are turning away. I marvel. Go ahead. You are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. So I'm concerned about you. There's a concern in me that you have turned from the truth. And now you've gone into the way of a different gospel. In other words, these people from Galatia, there was many people that would come to them and they would preach to them and whatever they took from the preaching, they accepted whatever they heard from whoever came by. When Paul had told them, this is the true foundation. This is the gospel of truth. He tells them, hey, there is no other gospel. There's not a different gospel. This is the gospel. And we have to be careful because there are those that will come to us that will tickle our ears and give us what we want to hear. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. That is scripture. That's what Paul tells the Ephesians, that there's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's not two, there's not three, there's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. So if I'm going to accept that baptism, it's got to be in the name of that one Lord. And that one Lord is Jesus Christ. And that's the reason that we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. In the name not of titles, but of proper name. The proper name is Jesus Christ. And that's a foundation. That is the gospel. Everyone say the gospel. There is no other gospel. And that's the reason that you see that throughout Scripture, the only baptism that is effective is the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth or the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone say amen. amen. So now, he has given them the foundation already. But now, if we go to chapter 2, in verse number 6, he says what? But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God. Verse number six. Two six. Two six. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. So now, when we go to this, we have to understand That Jesus Christ is our foundation. I want to say foundation. So now, when Paul is talking to them, he is giving them, everyone say giving them, the foundation. He's marveled that they have swayed away from the truth, and now they come to, hey, believe without no foundation. So now, let's go back to verse number number two. 
And I went up by revelation. And communicated to them mm -hmm. the gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Now, now let, let me explain to you here. When Paul is speaking to the Galatians, he's trying to tell them, I went up by revelation. The only way you're going to get revelation is through a relationship. Let me explain it one more time. The only way that you're going to get revelation is through a relationship. If you don't have a relationship, some, some people say, well, God never shows me nothing. Uh, well, God never speaks to me. You know why? Because there's no relationship. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he's going to speak to you through some way or through, through some mean. He's going to relate to you his purpose. Either through a song, through a preaching, through a conversation. He's going to confirm what he wants you to know about him or for your life. So that's the reason that Paul says, hey, I want you to know I went up by revelation. After 14 years, I came up. And I did not come here of my own, but I came here by revelation. And what he said, I communicated to them, to the them gospel, that gospel. Which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. So now he's trying to tell them, there are those that are among you that have a reputation. But I came here and I didn't explain to everybody what I was coming here or why I was coming here. So there, there's some things that we have to understand that not everybody can take in. There's mature and unmature people. And we have to understand that the Spirit, the Spirit of God has revealed to Paul why he's coming up here. There's a purpose. Everyone say a purpose. So now we have to understand here because he wants them to understand that he has, he has not ran in vain. He has not preached in vain. Everything that he's telling him is for a purpose. Because there is supposed to be a development in our life. Amen? We're not growing up just growing older. We have to grow smarter. Everyone say amen. 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 Someone say hallelujah. Because there's, there's all kinds of people in the church. Say all kinds of people in the church. Huh? There's all kinds of people in the church. And when we're talking about a reputation, amen, there's good and there's bad reputation. There's good and bad reputation. And we have to understand that. Paul writes and he's dismissing from the church and he says, hey, greet Mary. And he explains what Mary, because there's a lot of Marys. He said, greet Mary, the one that works amongst you. In other words, there was a Mary that was a worker. So they looked around and said, no, not you because you're lazy. But Paul greeted you because you're the, the worker. So he specified because he had a reputation of what? Of being a worker. You see what I'm saying? Someone shout hallelujah, say ouch or something. Amen. 
So now he's given an explanation in verse number four. And this occurred. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Now, the church is an open door. Everyone say, the church is an open door. So what does that mean? That there's going to be true and false brethren. And that doesn't run too well. But there's true and there's false brethren. And Paul is going to give us an explanation here. Because the true brethren will do, the true brethren will do what is right before the eyes of God. The true brethren will follow the gospel of Jesus Christ. The true brethren would, will do what the book says. And we have to understand this. There's false brethren, and false brethren just run on emotions. That's a come. I have made up my mind. I don't want to preach for a reaction. I want to preach for a transformation. Because there's a lot of people that preach for a reaction. Hey, I want to get people excited. Amen. And they get excited when they're in church, but once they leave church... And I've said it before, and I'm going to say it one, once, once again. In church, they have a halo. And they walk in church with a halo. You know what a halo is? It's supposed to be a sign of what? Of holiness. Huh? And once they leave the doors, like horns start coming out. What happened to the halo? I don't know. It stayed in the building. Because there's good brethren and there's false brethren. Do, do we get the point? So Paul is saying, hey, I came and I found, and there are false brethren who are trying to steal our liberty. Listen, don't let no one steal your liberty. Don't let no one steal your freedom. You have a right to praise God. You have a right to worship God. And if you worship, you've got to worship him in spirit and in truth. Someone shout hallelujah. I said, someone shout hallelujah. Oh, we have to understand this. So now, Paul is telling them that there are true brothers, but then there's False brethren. Verse number four. And this occurred because of what? False brethren. Strictly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. So now, let me tell you something. No one, don't let no one play with your mind. I grew up in church, and I've seen this, and that's the reason that I can clearly say it. There are those that would condemn people. Because they had a spirit of holier than thou. And we cannot allow that in church. We all need Jesus. I said we all need Jesus. And there was two types of people within the church or within the churches. Yeah, within the churches of Galatia. And we're going to look at this. And that's the reason Paul, full of zeal of God, wanted a clarification. 
He wanted them to understand that God can only or is the only one that can bring freedom. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. And keep on reading, my brother. To, who, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. So now I'm not going to give in to this. That's what Paul is saying. We're not, we didn't give in to this. No, we didn't. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. Added nothing to who? To me. So in other words, there's an assurance in the life of Paul. It doesn't matter what they tell me and how they came to me. Amen. Don't, don't give me an appearance of holiness, but deny the power of the mercy of God. No, God is merciful to everybody. God is love to everybody. We're not here to judge. We're here to pick up, encourage, and bring others to the salvation of Jesus Christ. That's what the church is here for, to help people. So everyone say, help people. Oh, give someone a hand right there. Give someone a hand. Give someone a hand. Give someone a hand. Give, yeah, there you are. give someone a hand. That's it. Amen. That's what the church is here for. I said, that's what the church is here for. So now we have to understand this. Everyone say, I have to understand this. I have to understand it. Say it one more time. Oh, praise the Lord. Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Shout it louder. So now, this is what Paul says. Read number five again. To whom? To whom we did not yield submission even for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Not even for an hour. We're not going to stop by and hear this. There's a lot of people that want to detain you. To keep you stagnant. Not growing. Full of gossip. Full of a negative attitude. I don't have time for that. We're here on a journey and we're going forward with or without. We're going forward in Jesus' name because we're going onward to meet him who saved us. Someone shout hallelujah. But from these. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. Uh -huh. God shows personal favoritism to no man. No man. But for those who seem to be something, added nothing to me. So now, let me tell you something. You have to understand who you're listening to. Not everything that you hear is good. Let me say it one more time. Not everything that you hear is good. If it's not in agreement, in accordance to the word of God, it's not good. Let me say it one more time. Be careful who you're listening to. Amen. If I come to my, this is what chapter one told Sister Prado. If I come, her husband, with another gospel that is not this gospel, let me be cursed. She has no reason to hear me. To follow me. Because the only truth is found in the word of God. And Paul says, I did not even give them an hour. I cut them off. I don't have time for you. And we have to understand this. That's a come. 
the fastest way that I, amen, they come knocking at my door in the morning on Saturday or Sunday or whenever they come and they come knocking at my door and, and they want to give me, and they want to give me their, 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 their side of the story and everything. And I know it's not in agreement to the word of God. If they don't claim that Jesus is, is God manifested in the flesh, I don't want to hear it. Did you hear what I said? I don't want to hear it because Paul declares to me that without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh and justified in the spirit. I don't want to hear it. And the fastest way I can turn them off, I say, let us pray in Jesus' name. And they say, oh, we don't want, we can't pray with you. We can't pray with you. All right, if you don't want to pray with me, God bless you. Paul says, don't give them an hour. Don't start fighting with them and debating with them if they don't want to hear the truth. That's what Paul is trying to tell us. Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, someone try, tries to intimidate you by the, all the knowledge they have. You just come back and say, you know what? Everything is in Jesus' name. Whether it's by words or by, or by, or, yeah, whatever you do, you have to do it in Jesus' name. Someone shout hallelujah. Keep reading, my brother. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised has been committee, committed to me, uh -huh. as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he who worked perfectly, uh, worked effectively in Peter for the mm -hmm. apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. Okay, now, let's stop there. Now, we have to understand that God uses different people for different people. Let me say it one more time. Different people for different people. What he's telling us here is don't criticize the people that are winning people. Peter is for the people of the circumcision. I'm giving the gospel for the uns uncircumcised. In other words, Peter is for the Jews and I'm preaching to who? To the Gentiles. But we're preaching the same gospel. Different people for different people. And I said it in the Spanish service. Hey, don't criticize someone who's preaching the gospel. I'm preaching for, to some people here. And you're coming here, amen, the way you're dressed. Let me preach to you. But some may go, have to go to another part of the world. And they're preaching to another type of people. Don't criticize those that preach to those people. Let them receive the gospel. Because it's not the person that changes the people. It's Jesus Christ who changes the people. And it's the power of the word that transforms the people. Hallelujah. And we have to understand this. If someone goes to Main Street in Los Angeles, Los Angeles Street, downtown Los Angeles, amen, and he, he, he knows better. I mean, he's not going to go there suited up and everything else. I mean, he's going to go with a T-shirt, amen, that he finds confidence in the people. But the power is not in the suit or the tie. The power is in the word of God who's going to bring deliverance to the people. Does it make sense? And that's what we have to understand. I said, that's what we have to understand. That the gospel is for everybody. And that's what Paul is trying to tell the Galatians. Peter's for the, Peter's for the Jews. I've been given the task to preach to who? To the Gentiles. 
But the Jews had certain brethren that were apostolic spies. Amen. They were apostolic spies. Apostolic spies. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I grew up, and I'm telling you, at times I still love to wear my suit and my tie. But there was a time, amen, I grew up, if you didn't have a tie, brother, amen, you didn't suit it up. I mean, hey. And it had to be a white, a white shirt and a black tie. And if you had a coat, it had to be a black coat, the men in black. Huh? And if not, man, you were. And Paul says, that's got to change. I remember I was about 19 years old, 18 years old. I went to go to a Bible school in Tepic, Nayarit. And man, my pastor, Joel Rivas, said, tonight we're going to go to a village and we're going to go preach. And I said, man, I shined my shoes. Man, I put on my suit, my tie. And I was waiting for my pastor to come out. When he came, picked me up, he just started staring at me. He ran. And, and, and I seen him with his guayabera. He met one of those Cuban shirts. And I said, man, I thought, he was going to go, I thought we were going to go to church, you know? <laughs> and he says, uh, I'm sorry, do you have uh, another shirt? I said, uh, like a guayabera? I said, uh, no, I, I don't have one. He said, well, just take off your tie. I said, take off my tie. He said, yeah, because they're not going to receive you. They're not going to receive you the way you ought to be received. Because they're going to think you think you're too important for them. There's different people. And that's what Paul is trying to tell them. Peter's for the Jews. And I'm here to preach to the Gentiles, but we're doing the same thing. Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, man. Paul, is, Paul is, is giving us a lesson here. Let's go to verse 11. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch. No, no, listen, listen. L listen carefully to this. Go ahead. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Now, man, this, is, this New King James says it lightly. Says it very lightly. The Spanish version says he was to be condemned. Peter, man, what you're doing is you have to be rebuked for this. Why? And he's going to tell us. Go ahead. For before certain men came from James, uh -huh. he would eat with the Gentiles. Uh -huh. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. Uh -huh. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him. And the rest of the Jews played the what? Hypocrite. hypocrite. Everyone say hypocrite. hypocrite. So that even... Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Listen to what he's saying. Read it one more time. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him uh -huh. so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Wow. Let me tell you something. We can be religious and full of hypocrisy. Huh? You know why? Because we're one person here and another person out there. 
And that's the danger that Paul is trying to tell the Galatians. You have to be the same. Peter, you ought to be rebuked. Huh? Because in here, man, you're one person and out there you're a different person. Right here, you're with the Jews. You act different. And when you're out there, you act different. You even talk different. In church, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We don't have them in San Fernando, thank the Lord. But out there, man, they're a different person. They talk different. Hey, what's happening? Beep, 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 beep. Hey, our language has to be the same here, there, and everywhere. My language don't, and we have to use proper language. Everyone say proper language. Man, there's some words that are used today that if my daddy was to hear me say those words, we don't say no more. I am mad. I am. Hey, you're smiling. Huh? Because we don't use proper language no more. Someone say hallelujah. And that is called hypocrisy. We've got to be the same. I said we've got to be the same. Amen. We've got to be the same. We've got to treat people the same. Amen. Everywhere. Not only when you, there's brothers around. It's like that brother that was driving. And all, he was driving. And all of a sudden, someone cut him off. And all of a sudden, he caught up to the brother. And he found out that it was another brother. Yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No, 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 no. We've got to talk one language. Someone shout hallelujah. And this is what Paul is telling the Galatians. It's for our, it is for our edification. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we're driving together. Amen. Sister Christina's in the car. Amen. And I always say, when someone's going slow, I say, it's got to be a woman. She goes, Pastor, that's not nice, Pastor. And then we catch up to her. Why did I tell you, Sister Christina? But I stopped that. <laughs> She's going to run the aisles right now. All right. Praise the Lord. Keep reading, my brother. And when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, uh-huh. I said to Peter before them all, if you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles uh-huh. and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? <sighs> we who are Jews by nature uh-huh. and not sinners of the Gentiles, uh-huh. knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be just- justified. All right, now, let me, let me bring it this let me break this down. Now, let me tell you something. Don't try to make other people do something you don't do. Hmm. 
Don't try to force other people to do something you don't do. We live by example. We have to live by example. Don't try to force your conviction on someone else if you don't live by your conviction. Because they're going to see what you do. It's so easy for me to tell, and especially like a father, no OT's right here. Amen. Me as a father wanting to demand something from my children that I don't even do. And that's the biggest problem that this world has today. That we try to force something into someone else that we don't keep up with. And Paul is trying to tell Peter, why are you trying to make Gentiles act like Jews? If you act just like a Gentile. I'll never forget when I, I went to Israel 20 years ago. And, you know, Jewish people don't eat pork, right? And we had a guide, our guide with us. The guide, man, he, he told us everything about the law and everything else. And then we made a stop. And while we made the stop, there was this, these people there, and they were roasting a pig. They were roasting a pig, man. The guy was just turning that pig. And, and that guide said, man, I know that's a sin. That's a sin, but man, it sure tastes good. And someone said, how do you know it tastes good? But without a doubt, he would tell other people that it was a sin. So we live by example. He cannot rebuke someone else. And that's the same thing with us. The world is looking at us. Are we living by example? And at the time, Peter, he was living on whatever side of the fence he was at the moment. When he was with the Jews, he man, condemning the Gentiles. And when he was with the Gentiles, he was loving them to death. And Paul says, this is not right, church. There's got to be a difference in us because the gospel that we have heard does transform us, does change us. He, it changes the person. Amen. It's not just put it on Sunday. You've got to live it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's an everyday thing. Whatever you are on Sunday, you have to be on Monday. Someone shout Hallelujah. We have to live it on a daily basis. And that's what's hard, but with God, there is nothing impossible. All things are possible through Jesus Christ. Is there a witness in the house today? I said, is there a witness in the house today? So we have to understand this, that we're not justified by the law because the law would condemn us. Yes, it does. Keep on reading, my brother. But if we, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are 
also are found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. So now you can't blame Jesus for nothing. You can't blame him for nothing. Because we commit sins on a daily basis. But that's not Jesus' fault. He's not the minister of sin. He is holy. So Paul is telling us that the, the law is not going to justify us. The law will condemn us. But we don't live under the law. We live under grace. And thank God for the grace of Jesus Christ. Because the grace of Jesus Christ looks beyond our sin and sees our need. Huh? And he knows that we fail. But that's the reason that we have to acknowledge him. Everyone say acknowledge him. We have to come before him understanding that, hey, we're, we are all affected by the flesh that we're living in. And we have to be awakened. That's the reason Paul is trying to wake up the Galatians. He's trying to wake them up and say, Galatians, you got to wake up. And you've got to understand that it goes beyond your physical strength. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against wickedness. And you find that in Ephesians chapter 6. How many of you don't fight against temptation? I said, how many of you don't fight against temptation? We all do. We all do. We all fight against temptation. We come against it every morning. Every morning I have to wake up. Let me tell you something. And I say, God, I'm coming before you because I am nothing, know nothing, have nothing. I need your help. Every time that I come here at 530 in the morning, I have to understand that I wrestle. I wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of the enemy. And I know that I'm going to have a battle every day of my life. Every day I have a battle. I'm not super Christian. No. I wrestle with this. I fight with this. Say, I fight with this. Every day. Say, every day. So we could never, never blame Christ for what we do wrong. No. Because he answers back and he says, certainly not. There is no sin in Jesus. There is no sin in Jesus. Let us keep going. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a Read it one more time. For, For if, if I, I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. So now let me tell you something. We fight against these things on a daily basis. Yes or no? Yes. Huh? Temptation yes. that comes against us every day. Yes. Now, let me tell you something. The bad thing about it is for us to restore the sin back into our life. That, I mean, if I know that something is causing harm to me and I dwell there, huh? I dwell there. For the men, a lady's passing by, a young lady's passing by, whatever. You stay there. Brother, there's something wrong with you. Let me tell you why there's something wrong with you. Because you start looking, then enticement comes to you. You are being enticed. You stay there. And you look. 
And that look begins to fabricate in your mind. And desires come in. And imaginations come in. And Paul is telling us there's something wrong. Ah. And James is telling us, resist the devil. Hey, your face wants to follow? You put your face and say, hey, turn around the other way. And you have to understand this. Something pops up in your computer. Hey, turn the page. Stop looking at it. Huh? And that goes for men and women too. And Paul is saying, hey, don't blame Christ. Don't rebuild this. Let me go back to it. No. Sacrifice that flesh in Jesus' name. Sacrifice it in Jesus' name. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That could be amen in lust, like that can be in drugs, like that can be in alcohol, that could be in lying, that could be in every sinful thing. Don't build that up. Don't make it a monument. Do away with it in Jesus' name. I said, do away with it in Jesus' name. Someone shout hallelujah. How are we going to overcome this? Keep on reading. For I, through the law, died to the law, that ah, I might live to God. Listen. For I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to, to God. God. How do we live to God? How do we live to God? Paul's telling me in verse number 20. Ah, he's telling me in verse number 20. 20 I have been crucified with I Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me almost, and gave himself for me. I'm almost done. Listen, listen, listen. There's a lot of people that carry Jesus crucified on their chest. But they're not crucified. Isn't that something? Carry a big old sign of Jesus but they're not crucified. And Paul says, no, no. It's not about you crucifying Jesus. It's about you crucifying yourself. Not living for yourself, but letting Christ live through you. Have you ever wondered what Christ thinks, how he sees can you feel that in you? I remember there was, there was every, what would Jesus do? Wristbands, T-shirts. Huh? What would Jesus do? And it was a quote now. What would Jesus do? On pencils. Paul says, it's not about me, man. I already went to the cross. How about you? What would you do? It's not about Jesus no more. It's about me. Do I want the benefit? So we have to learn to live to die. Learn to live to die. 
On what? On a daily basis. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live no more. But now it is Christ who lives within me. And if I can get that in my head, I have been crucified with Christ. Everyone say, with Christ. Ah, it is no longer I. It is no longer I who live. But, but Christ lives in me. But now it is Christ who lives in me. Now this week, we're going to go out in just a few minutes from here. Are we going to live for ourselves or are we going to live for him? Think about it. Paul is telling the churches in Galatia, he's telling them, listen, you've got to learn to live a victorious life. And the only way you're going to be victorious is if you learn not to be prejudgmental, not to be racist, not to think of yourself, your desires, but you've got to learn to live the life of Jesus. Because it is not me who lives, but it is him who lives in me. Does he really truthfully live in us? Can I say that? Does he live in me? Do I live by faith? Do I live by faith? Is it him in me that's working what I ought to do? Or am I just living just to live? And we've got to wake up, church, because God wants to do great things through us. God wants to do things. The last verse, 21. I do, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. So if we think that the only righteous thing is through the law, we're damned, damned and condemned. Because we won't be saved through the law. So he says, if our hope is in the law, then Christ died in vain. If I think that the law is the answer, then, listen, 18 people just got killed yesterday. 20 in El Paso. And another few in Ohio. If we thought the law was the answer, we wouldn't have these mass killings. There is law in El Paso. And it's American law. If the law was the answer, we wouldn't have this. So we cannot put our hope in the law. There is something greater than the law, and that's the grace of Jesus Christ. Because the law will enforce itself in a person. But the grace of God, listen, comes and transforms a person. And that's what makes a difference. We have to follow Jesus. I said we have to follow Jesus. Stand to your feet today. And Paul is trying to tell the Galatians, Church of Galatia, or Churches of Galatia, I want you to understand, we got to get rid of this religious lifestyle. 
And we've got to follow Jesus Christ. It's not about the law. It's about the grace of God. Because the just will only be justified by grace and not by the law. No, not by the law. It's got to be by grace. And only God can give that grace. Grace only comes through Jesus Christ. I say grace only comes through Jesus Christ. And I want you to go out there this week, and I want you to understand one thing. It all depends how you start your day that you're going to live your day. How you start your day is going to depend on how you live your day. If you and I do not commit to Jesus, that's to come every Tuesday, I need the men to come here. Every Wednesday, the women are going to come here. Every Thursday, the youth is to come in here and pray in the morning. How do we start our day? How do we start our day? How do we start our day? Because the outcome of our day is going to depend on how we start our day. And I know those covers and that bed and that comfort, amen, causes us to stay in bed. But let me tell you, there's no greater thing than to submit yourself to Jesus Christ as soon as you get on your way in the morning. Lord, it is not about me. It's about you. I'm going to submit to you, God. What do you have for me? How am I going to live this day? I submit myself to you, Jesus. I commit myself to you, Jesus. It doesn't matter. I'm going to give it all to you. So I want you to open your mind and understanding. I want you to understand that what Paul is telling the churches of Galatia, he's telling them, listen, we've got to get rid of all this. All this religious trip, because this religious trip only damns and condemns you. The only thing that gives you life is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that gives you life. Oh, Brother Prado, does, does, that, does that mean that I can live the way I... No, it doesn't. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is a protection to keep us safe. It's not a license to sin for me to live the way I want to live and do. No, no, no. I'm crucified with Christ. It's not a license to sin. And, and you know, that's a, because there's a lot of people that turn grace into disgrace. We can't do that or allow that. We've got to maintain within the boundaries of God's grace. He is a holy God. And he expects holiness from us. Yes, he does. But not for us to be judgmental or condemning people. No, for us to live the way he wants us to live. And if you listen to God, to God's word, you'll see the lifestyle that Jesus lived. He only condemned sin and he saved the sinner. He condemned sin but saved the sinner. We have to be open to this. How are we looking at people? How are we looking at ourselves? I purpose in my life, Lord Jesus, 
take that prejudgmental spirit from me. Let me be open. I don't care what lifestyle people live in. I come here to tell you, God can change anybody and everybody. I just have to be open to God's love to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If the person doesn't want it, it's okay. Someone else is going to want it. We just got to give it. What you receive by grace, give by grace. Understand this. People need Jesus. I said people need Jesus. We're going to come to this altar and we're going to tell God, God, let me understand your word. That it's not about emotions. It's not about emotions. It goes beyond that. Let me live according to your perfect will. Let me live, God. Keep me saved. Say, keep me saved. Keep me saved, Lord. Don't let me turn to another gospel. Let me understand your gospel. Let me understand your holiness. Because you are a zealous God. And you want a holy nation. Because you came to save. And God is going to give us the strength and the indication. How? And don't ever forget, the only way you can get revelation is to... The only way you can get revelation is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's raise our hands right now. Say, God, I need you. I need you. I need your saving grace. I need your saving grace, Jesus. I need your saving grace. Lord, Make me an instrument, Jesus, to bring other people to you, Lord, that they may understand, God, that we're not here to damn or condemn people. We're here, Lord, to draw people to you. That you love everybody and anybody. Lord Jesus, that they may understand that there needs to be a transformation in their lives and the only one that can do that is you. Yes, God, make me to understand Jesus, that you did not only come for the Jews, but you also came for the Gentiles. And it's not about an act of works. No, it's through your saving grace. Let me be able to see the sinner and not see his sin, but his need. Lord Jesus, give me the understanding to preach to those that need you. They've got to have you, Lord Jesus. Ah, let me have a Paul attitude, God. Lord Jesus, that if I ever go into that attitude that Peter had, send someone like Paul to me, God, to face me face to face, God. To understand that you want to save those that are lost, God. And that the gospel is for every living Christian. 
every living, living creature, God. Let me understand this, Jesus. And as we leave this place today, God, that your saving grace will go with us, Lord. And that wherever we go, whatever we be, God, let us do it for your honor, for your glory. Keep us, keep us saved, Lord Jesus. Protect us, God. Protect us from sin, God. Protect us, Lord, from everything that comes against us. And let us live for you, Jesus. Let us live for you, Lord. Let us live for you. Yes, God. Let us learn to surrender before you, God. And the cry of my heart is Say you.